If you're a kid and you want to go to kids' church, Becky's back there at this time, so feel free to, to go back there. But if not, go ahead and turn with me in your Bibles to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. That's where we're going to be today. And allow me a few moments this morning just to convey this one verse to you. I'm just going to convey one verse to you today. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 18. It's here up on the screen. It's very simple, it's very straightforward, and it's very to the point. And it says this, In everything give thanks. For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. In everything, someone say everything. Everything. Give thanks for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. There's three things. I'm going to try not to take long this morning. We're going to try to have you out by 1 o'clock. There were three things that I want to bring out from this one verse to you here today. And then we're going to go eat lunch. All right. First of all is the command. The command to give thanks in everything give thanks giving thanks is a divine expectation and the bible makes it very clear that of all people on this planet that christians those who know the lord ought to lead the way in thankfulness someone say amen Amen. god is the source of all things good and he does not want you to forget it come on somebody now the bible talks about 10 lepers in luke chapter 17 remember this story Ten lepers in Luke chapter 17, and all of them came to Jesus, and all of them asked Jesus to heal them. And Jesus says, go and show yourself to the priests. And the Bible says, as they went, they were healed. Um, One of the lepers stopped, and one of the lepers turned around and came back to Jesus. And the Bible says that there was a glow, and that he was glorifying God. And the Bible says that with a loud voice, he, he, he raised his voice to the Lord. He didn't care who was listening. He bowed before Jesus, and with a loud voice, he said, thank you. Come on, someone say thank you. Thank you. Doesn't that feel good to say thank you? Yes, it does. Look at your neighbor and say thank you, even if you've got to do it by faith. Just say thank you. Jesus asked him a very provocative question. Jesus says, hey, w- w- wait a second. I thought there were ten of you. And only one has returned. Where's the other nine? Well, I'll tell you where the other nine were. The other nine were enjoying the blessing. It says that they were healed too. All ten of them were healed. They were so excited about the blessing, they forgot the blessor. Anybody ever been guilty of that? I know my hands can go up. And so they forgot the blessor. Israel, if you remember back in the wilderness, they're seeing cornflakes come down from heaven. right? Right? Manna. What is it? That's what manna literally means. What is it? How many of you have sit and... Never mind. No, let's ask it. How many of you have sit down to the dinner table with your family and you looked at something and go, manna? What is that? I promise you that jello salad just moved on its own. What, what is it, right? And so cornflakes are falling from heaven, and the Israelites, manna, what is it? And every day they were supplied with everything that they needed for that day, except on the weekends, because on the weekends, God gave them enough for two days so they wouldn't be out there trying to gather on the Sabbath. They could rest and enjoy the Sabbath. But guess what they did? I am tired of cornflakes. I'm tired of this stuff. I want some fried chicken. That's what they said. I want some fried chicken. And so we're tired of this food now. Well, at least you're eating, Israel. You're out there in the desert because of your own sin, because of your own ways. And God is supernaturally, miraculously providing. Food is falling from heaven. He's providing for you. Well, I'm tired of eating this stuff. I'm tired. I want something deep fried. I want something with butter. I want something from Paula Dean's kitchen. That's what they said. You didn't know she was that old, did you? 
There was a miracle every morning, but they skipped the miracle because the miracle wasn't giving them what they wanted. And so they went to complaining, and here's what they said. We want quail. We want quail. We want quail. And guess what happened? God gave them what they want. God sent quail and more 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 quail. Till the Bible says that it stunk and they loathed the quail. They did not like the quail, and they went to complaining after that. So instead of being grateful, they grumbled. Anyone ever? No, moving on. The command. The command. There is a command. Give thanks. In everything, give thanks. If you read this in its original language, it is a command. It's not a suggestion. It's not a, hey, here's, here's what you might want to do. This is a command, a command. Like when Jenny says, Jared, go clean your room. I understand it's a command, right? When Jenny says, Jared, go to the store and get this, I understand it's a command, right? And so this was a command. In everything, give thanks. It's a command. Secondly, I want to talk about the context of Thanksgiving. He says, in everything, give thanks. Now, don't misread that and don't misunderstand that. He doesn't say give thanks for everything. He says give thanks in everything. In and for are two huge differences. If you are sick, he's not saying, oh, give God thanks that you're sick. If you're broke, he's not saying, oh, give God thanks that you're broke. You are not grateful to be sick. You're not grateful to be broke. Your car broke down. Your boss laid you off. Your water heater broke in the middle of the night. And now you got a swimming pool in your, come on somebody. Your spouse walked out on you. He's not saying give thanks for, now some of you say, hey, wait a second. No, no, he's not saying that. He's not saying give thanks for those things. He said give thanks in everything. To put it another way, when things go wrong, give thanks. Not for the thing that's going wrong, but in the midst of the thing that's going wrong, find a reason to give thanks. Find a reason. There's no greater, more poetic passage than what I'm about to read. It's found in the book of Habakkuk. Habakkuk chapter 3, verse 17 through 19. Habakkuk chapter 3, verse 17 through 19. It says, Though the fig tree does not bud, and there are no grapes on the vine, though the olive crop fails and the fields produce no fruit, Though there are no sheep in the pen and no cattle in the stalls, yet I will rejoice in the Lord and I will be joyful in God my Savior. The sovereign Lord is my strength. He makes my feet like the feet of a deer and he enables me to tread on the heights. Though I cannot praise God for my circumstances, I'm going to watch this. Praise God that he is with me in my circumstances. Though I cannot praise him for my situation, I'm going to praise him, watch this, that I'm not in this situation on my own. Even though I can't, even though the storm rages all around me, I'm going to thank God that I'm not traveling in this boat all by myself. He is here with me. Someone say amen. amen. I'm going to thank him because even when I don't see him fixing my stuff, I'm going to see him fix me in the middle of my stuff. Come on. And so I may not see him changing my situation, but I'm going to go ahead and lift my voice and give him praise because he's going to give me feet like deer to keep me walking through the situation. Yes. Yes, Someone here ought to be able to yes. shout on that. Yes. Amen. Here, old Job. Remember this guy? Yes. 
Job, when he finds everything collapsing around him. And his wife said, Job, husband Job, baby boo Job, do what normal people would do in this moment. Curse God. Curse God. Listen, Job, if there ever was a cousin time, this might be it. Everything had gone south for Job. Everything had went south. His wife said, Job, if you ever wanted to go off on God, this would be the time. Job, go off on God right now. And Job said, honey, you sound like those ladies on The View. Foolish. You are, that's good preaching right there. Then he raises this question. He says, should we only receive what we think is good from the Lord? In other words, should we only serve him because of the stuff he gives us? Job said, the Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Okay? Job gets his praise on right in the middle of a collapsed life. Everything he had had went south. Why does Job thank God? Listen, Job understood something that, we, that I know I, I need to grab. And, and maybe, maybe some in here need to grab this morning. You can't lose what you never had. You can't lose what you never had. You can't lose it if you never had it. Job said, I may not understand why it left me, but while I wait on my change to come, I'm going to go ahead and bless the name of the Lord because I know who gave it to me in the first place. It was him who gave it to me in the first place. And I'm not going to thank God for everything that's happening, but I'm going to thank God in the midst of everything that's happening because the Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Amen? Paul and Silas. They were put in jail in Acts chapter 16. Y'all remember this story? Put in jail unjustly. And at the midnight hour, the jail keepers could overhear them singing and praising God. How are you going to praise God when you're in jail and you know you're innocent? How are you going to do that? Because they gave thanks in the midst of their situation, not for their situation. Jehoshaphat was being invaded by the enemy army, the invading enemy army. And the Bible says that Jehoshaphat was in fear. But he fell to his knees and he told all of Israel to get on their knees too. And they all at once gave thanks. They gave thanks in the midst of their circumstance, in the midst of their situation. There is always a reason to give thanks, always. We are not used to it, though, when things are going right, so we know we're not used to it when things are going wrong. Come on, somebody. Oh, glad we took up the offering already. This leads to a final perspective. The concern. The concern. The command, the context, and now the concern regarding give thanks. Well, why would I do this? What does giving thanks benefit me? Here in this life. Paul tells you this is the will of God concerning you. Hang on. We're about to preach here in a second. We're going to buck, snort, and spit here in just a little bit, okay? This is good. This is the will of God concerning you. When you give thanks, you are in the will of God, okay? In everything, give thanks. For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. When you are giving thanks, you are in the will of God. When you are grumbling, guess where you're at? Oh, come on, somebody. Look at your neighbor and say, I know he's talking to you. He ain't talking to me. When you are grumbling, now don't don't start grumbling about what I'm preaching now. You'll be out of the will of God. 
When you grumble, you are out of the will of God. Okay? When you grumble, you are out of the will of God. When you grumble, you are out of the will of God. When you grumble, you are out of the will of God. When you grumble, you are out of the will of God. (laughs) This is good preaching. You got it, Kevin? (laughs) When you grumble, I'm kidding with Kevin. He gives me a hard time back there. When you grumble, you're out of the will of God. Now, let's talk about this. Uh, Any professional grumblers in the house? (laughs) Nah, nah. Wait a minute, I'm a professional. I'm going to get paid for it. What's going on here? (laughs) To give thanks is to position yourself smack dab in the middle of God's will. Okay? Okay. Now, why is that critical? Because of Romans chapter 8, verse 28. Now, don't get ahead of me, okay? It says this. It says, and we know. Okay, I'm going right, to stop right there before we, before we move any, any further. And we know. See, the only folk that are going to give thanks are the folk that know something. The, the folk that know something. The folk who grumble all the time, they don't know something. Something has escaped their notice. But the folk who know what this verse is about to talk about, even in the midst of calamity, even in the midst of confusion, even in the midst of distraction, even in the midst of God not answering our prayer the way we thought he should answer it, we still know something. And we know. Romans eight twenty eight. And we know that all things. Look at your neighbor and shout, all things. Somebody shout up here, all things. things. Now, if you have all things, that doesn't leave room for your one thing. Come on, somebody. If it says all things, it doesn't leave room for our one thing. Well, my situation is just special. No, it says all things. Okay? Well, my situation, no one's ever been through what I'm going through, Pastor. No, it says all things. And we know that all things things it doesn't leave room for our one thing we know the reason we give thanks in the midst of the situation is because we know something that there there are all things are working together for the good for them who love God and are called according to his purpose that means we are living in concert with his will that God is working something out that God is tweaking and twisting and turning and jumping and making something happen in our life but I know what you're saying you're saying pastor Jared I can't see it read the verse again we're not we're talking about what you know not what you see and not what you feel but what the word of God says and what the word of God says is what we know we know that all things are working together for our good for those who love him and are called according we know that it may not look like it it may not feel like it but I know God's doing something in my life come on somebody now how can Moses mother ever thought that by putting her baby in a wicker basket and hearing him cry just a little bit down the Nile River, that at that exact time, Pharaoh's daughter would be taking a bath and that Miriam, Moses' sister, would go to Pharaoh's daughter and not only help her with the child, but offer, Pharaoh, but offer to Pharaoh's daughter Moses' mother to be his nanny. So Moses' mother got to come in and raise her own son and she got paid for it. Come on, somebody. Every mama in the house should be shouting right now. 
How would God then raise up Moses in Egypt so that he would have the understanding of Egyptian thinking? So that 80 years later, God was going to send him back to that old place he thought he would never go back to again. If you ask Moses, are you ever going to go back to Egypt? Moses would tell you, there's no way I'm going back to that place. But God had a bigger plan in place. If you ask Joseph, how could you give thanks when your brother sold you into slavery, when you were falsely accused and you're thrown into prison for years and forgotten about how can you give thanks in a moment like that, Joseph? If Joseph was at Elm Grove Church this morning, he would tell you God's doing something. I didn't know it back then, but I was sold in slavery so I could wind up in prison, so I could be in Egypt, so that when the famine come, I could be second command, so I give an order to save my family back home. God was working something out for the good because I raised my voice. In the midst of it, I gave him thanks. Woo, yes. Ask Esther. Come on, we're preaching now. Ask Esther. Esther, why are you so pretty? The Bible says she was pretty. She was pretty, 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 pretty. That's what the Bible says. And when the king saw her, he chose her to be his wife. Little did she know that she wasn't made just to be pretty so she could win a beauty contest. She was made pretty so she could be chosen so that when they were about to kill the Jews, Esther would walk in with her beautiful eyes and her pretty long hair and she would look at the king's face and she would say, darling, we gotta have a conversation tonight. And the king saw his wife and he changed his mind and the very gallows that they built to hang the Jews, they hung the enemy of the Jews on, on that very night. Come on, Esther knew God worked something out yes. hallelujah yes. and of course there's Jesus I need to take a breath so if I pass out y'all just come pick me back up <laughs> Jesus there with 5,000 men not counting women and children 5,000 men everybody's hungry you know that's a bad situation yes. when you got hungry how many get hungry and they get hangry yes. Yes. it's when you're hungry and angry at the same time that's what happens yeah. everybody's hungry Jesus has a couple of fish and fillet sandwiches from McDonald's on him. They raise a fundamental question. What is this little lunch among so many people? But you got to read the text. Jesus says, bring the fish and the bread to me. They brought the fish and the bread to Jesus. The Bible says he gave thanks. How are you going to give thanks over two fish and five loaves of bread, Jesus? You got probably 30, 35,000 people here to feed. How are you going to give thanks over two fish and five loaves of bread? Because Jesus understood something. You give thanks for what you have. You may not have yet what you need or what you want, but you give thanks for what you have. And so Jesus gave thanks for what he had. And when they opened their eyes from the prayer, Moby Dick was laying on the beach ready to serve. Come on, somebody. It's good preaching. Give thanks. Give thanks for what you have. Because when you give thanks for what you have, God can take what little you have and turn into a lot. Oh, yes, give thanks. Now, I suspect sometime this week, I'm wrapping up right here. This is my first closing. So y'all know we got 30 more minutes. I suspect sometime this week, at some point during this holiday week, because it's not just a day, it's a week. We go for a week at our house. I suspect, come on somebody, we're full gospel. I suspect that sometime this week, I'm going to eat me some cake. I know there's pies and pumpkin rolls, but I know my mother-in-law too. And I know at some point when I get to her house, there's going to be a German chocolate cake, whether she knows it yet or not. 
I've seen flour put in. I've seen butter put in. I've seen sugar put in. I've seen vanilla put in. Okay? This ingredient and that ingredient. But I've never once in my life, never, have I asked, can I eat that stick of butter? Now, maybe you have. Okay? I'm just curious. Anybody here ever done that? All right. I've never asked, hey, that amount of sugar that you're going to put in that cake, can, can I just have that, that, that amount of sugar? I, I just want to eat that. And I've, I've never once asked, hey, that flour that you're about to add, I, I just like some flour. Never once. That does not appeal to me. And that does not appeal to me at all. I wouldn't be interested in that. Those single ingredients have no appeal to my taste buds. But when it's all put in a mixer, all of those individual ingredients are now coagulated. Yes. They're mixed together, all one with another. Yes. And I'll be honest, even at that point, it might be good, but it's still, there, there's still some work to be done. But then they take all these ingredients that have been coagulated together, and they put it into a fire. I'm still not impressed. But if you give me a little time, it doesn't matter where I'm located in the house or whether I'm located in that city. Give me a little time, and the smell of what's happening in that fire, come on, somebody, yes, yes, yes. is going to get my attention. And I'm going to realize through my nostrils that God gave me divinely (laughs) that those individual ingredients, they had a greater, bigger purpose. It may not be meant for me to understand each one individually, but how they interrelate collectively. When they interrelate collectively and they get all fired up, come on, all of a sudden I'm going to be drawn to the Bluebell ice cream because I got a coagulation of my own I'm about to make. And we're going to have ourselves a good time. Why? Because the maker took those individual ingredients and cooked up something that was worth tasting. God may have you in a butter situation right now. God may have you in a sugar situation right now. God may have you in a flour situation right now. But he is going in his perfect timing. He is going to put all of those things together. And you're going to find out that everything you went through was for something greater in your life. Don't get hung up on the butter. Don't get hung up on the flour. Don't get hung up on the shooter. Those are are all great ingredients. But when they come together, man, something awesome. Oh, come on, somebody. I used to watch professional wrestling. And I've got to ask, anybody else here ever watch that? I don't want to feel like a dummy up here. We, we, we got some other dummies. All right. No, it was... <laughs> I, I, I used to watch it. And here's what professional wrestling was. It was the male soap opera. How many know what I'm talking about? Every female in the house, you had days of our lives or as the world turns or the bold and the beautiful, which is my nickname, by the way. But (laughs) men, we had professional wrestling. And and, and we we, we know, you know, they're athletic, they're athletes to do the things that they do, you, you know. But we also know there's a script behind the scenes. But you still watch it. And I was, I was glued to it. And there was a guy in this situation, he was a wrestler, 
and he was one of my favorite guys to watch. And his name was The Rock. Anybody know who The Rock is? A lot of people confuse me and him. They look at me and, and they think, you look just like Dwayne Johnson, The Rock. And I'm, I know I get that all the time. But The Rock would come out and he would get the crowd hyped up. And then at the very end, before he was done, come on, you know what I'm talking about? He would say, if you smell what The Rock is cooking. How many know what I'm talking about? Oh, we're about to preach. Yeah, you know, get you fired up. Well, I'm here to ask some people in God's house this morning. In 1 Thessalonians 5.18, the very first verse we read, here's what God is saying. He's saying, if you smell what your God is cooking. Okay, God's cooking something in your life. He's putting something in your life. Somebody ought to give him thanks. Somebody ought to give him praise. Somebody ought to give him a shout. Somebody ought to say thank you. Somebody ought to raise their voice and lift their hands and say, God, I don't get it. I don't understand it, but I'm going to praise you anyhow. You're worthy of my praise. I don't get how this butter is going to work out, how this sugar is going to work out, how this flour is going to work out, how this job is going to work out, how that relationship is going to work out how this finance is going to work out but God I know something when you bring it all together it's going to be tasty for my life that's why you said taste and see that the Lord is good God I smell what you're cooking in my life this morning come on give him praise if you're with that this morning hallelujah Hallelujah. get past what you feel get past what you see and get into what you know Get into what you know. And we know this. We know that all things work together for the good for them that love God and are called according to his purpose. Amen. Worship team, will y'all come back to the front? I hope you got more breath than I got. (laughs) Praise the Lord. Praise. I'm going to ask you to stand to your feet with us this morning. I want to go back to shout to the Lord. And this morning, here's what I'm going to ask you to do. I'm going to ask everyone in this house. I don't know the, I don't know the sugar situation. I don't know the butter situation. I don't know the flour situation, but God does. God knows exactly what's going on in your life. He knows exactly what's going on in your heart. He knows exactly the hurt, the frustration. The distraction, he, he knows it all. Yes, he, does. he understands it all. Yes. And this morning, I just, I dare you. I dare you. I dare you. I double dog dare you. I triple dog dare you. I quad dog dare you. To lift your voice in the midst of the trial. Yes. To lift your praise in the midst of that fire. To, miss, to lift your hands in the midst of the trouble that you're in. And I, we're not going to say, God, I give you thanks that I'm riding. Uh, I, I give you thanks that I got laid off. I, God, I give you thanks the doctor's report came back bad. God, I give you. No, we're not going to do that. We're going to say, God, I give you thanks because you got it all worked out. Man, yes. You got it all worked out. Yes. I don't see it. I don't get it. I don't understand it. But God, it's not about what I see. It's not about what I feel. It's about what I know. Oh, yeah. And your word says that we know. 
that all things work together for the good to those who love you and are called according to your purpose. God, I know that. And so, God, I'm basing my praise off of what I know and off of who you are. You've never failed me. You've never failed me, and you're not going to start now. You're not going to start now. So, God, I'm going to lift my voice. I'm going to lift my praise. And, God, I'm going to honor you today in the midst of it all because you're so good. When life isn't good, you are good. And, God, I worship you for who you are. Come on, let's go to that song this morning. Praise your name. Praise your name. Praise your name. Did you catch that last line? Nothing compares. Nothing that I see, nothing that I feel can compare to the promise that I have in your word, in you. Nothing. Nothing. So this morning, I just want to ask you, how many of you take the challenge with me? In the midst of everything that life is throwing at you, how many of you dare to praise God? How many of you dare to lift your voice and say, God, you're good? Yes, yes. I'm going to confuse the devil. Because the devil, he wants to get you defeated, distracted, and destroyed. Right. Yes. That's what he wants to do. Right. He wants to tear you down. He, he, just, he just wants to saturate you with all of that frustration. Yes. But Jesus says, man, if you'll praise me, yes. if you'll praise me, where I'll be lifted up, Hallelujah. I'll draw all men unto me. Yes. If you'll praise me, Hallelujah. if you'll worship me, if you'll go ahead and just trust me on credit, see if I'll not do what I said I'll do, and see if I'll not be who I promised I would be. I'll be there right in time. I'll be, you can smell the cake cooking. I'll be there right, not too early, 
and not too late. I'm going to be there right in time. And I'm going to take care of you and your family. Trust me. Trust me. Trust and see that the Lord is good. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Amen. Father, we love you this morning. God, we praise your name. God, we honor you in this house. And God, I thank you for those who, who, who dare to accept the challenge today. We're going to lift our voice right in the midst of the storm. God, we're not thanking you for the storm that rages, and we're not thanking you for the circumstances and the situations around us. We're thanking you that we're not in it alone. God, you're with us. You'll never leave us, and you'll never forsake us. So God, we honor you this morning, and we thank you. We thank you for your friendship. We thank you for fellowship with you. We thank you, Lord, for your peace and your protection. We thank you for your joy in the midst of hurt. And God, we thank you for everything that you bring to our life. You are good. And we worship you, not for what you do, but for who you are. So God, we praise your holy name. And we ask all these things today in Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen.